sort of aspect, you know. So. You wouldn't have a go just to see am I in the shot? You are. Yeah. Yep. Nice one. Take your hand. Show me where you are. Yeah. I didn't bring the team with me. <clears throat> That's perfect. Well, yeah. Perfect. It's my bald head can be. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Butter or Vegemite? Vegemite. Vegemite every time, is it? Yeah, yeah. That's your second tweet in 2010. I went back through your tweets. <laughs> so you're going to find that incriminating. Not really. <laughs> no, I delete all that shit. Apart from Liverpool. Apart <laughs> from Liverpool, which we won't talk about. That's another fucking... as the canteen at the market of James and Swazi in December 2015 to by the time October 2016 when we opened up Heron and Grey on the at the beginning of February 2016 and then in October we got uh, we got we got the star yeah didn't even have a toilet yeah it was mental that is mental I was mental like we were serving food on Ikea plates like it was just we like I always believed Michelin were linen, fancy, fancy service, gloshes, you know, everything was just, you know, that was my belief in Michelin. And I'd worked in a lot of Michelin kitchens up till then, and, yeah. you know, that was the norm. And then for some reason or another, myself and Andy blew it out the fucking window. Like it was just like, yep, you don't have to have shit, but if you're cooking good food, um, and I was petrified. I was petrified on the night that we opened because, you know, there's so many things that I, I, you know, I had to, so many expectations were, I suppose I'd created in my own head. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the Whereas first... Whereas McCartney and Lennon almost, and it's doing solo thing. I mean, it mightn't beat that much level of pressure, but it's the two lads splitting. Yeah. And you doing, you're get, keeping the band going. Yeah, way, yeah, yeah, pretty know. much. But the thing was, I was very adamant that it was... I was going to kill Heron and Grey. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it had to die, yeah. As such, or it had to just be a memory. We couldn't, we can't replicate it. And so, when we were deciding what we were going to do, I, you know, a few people had said to me, "Why don't you just open up and keep on going?" Mm. It was not going to work because, <coughs> excuse me, because you walk in straight away, it still felt like Heron and Grey. Mm-hmm. It was going to be compared to Hair and a Grey. What's the point? Yeah, yeah. What's the point? It was like, there's no point. So I said, I'm going to do something dramatic here. And I'm going to rip it apart. I'm going to make it really modern. And uh, so I did. And I just said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all out. And I was so scared when the first customer walked through. And the first customer walked through, turned around and went, Fucking hell. <laughs> this is amazing. And I just... That oh, was yeah. it. That was it. I think you have to be nuts. I mean, forgetting everything. 
you have to be nuts and, to, and to be successful at it you have to be extra nuts like you have to be dropped do you know what i mean like you really yeah. do like it's a how do you put it like like you think about it right you're locked in a space and it could be this space it could be any space mm. you're locked in a space for 18 hours a day and all you're seeing is food and just steel and you know you're seeing the aesthetics of the restaurant and everything like that and it's just the same old same old same old whereas mm. to the guests it's a it's a new experience every time they walk in yeah yeah you can go you can you can slightly be mad do you know what i mean like and it's uh I suppose you've got to sort of vent it out and I suppose my, my way of doing it is when the customers come like and I just and so yeah you've got to be a bit a bit mental to go into a place and work 16 hours a day do you know like mm. anyone has to be mental to do that you know like but there's a there's a pause there is a pause there that just it's, it's super addictive you know like yeah. you get that wow factor when you hit the table or you you know, there could be an hour in the kitchen where we're just slagging each other and we're having the crack and it's just good fun. It's, you know, it, it, it's a family. It really is the unwanted family. Do you know that way? Like, <laughs> it's a family of people. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a family of people that are just together and they look out for each other. We've got each other's backs. And, and yeah, you've got to be, you've got to be a little bit of a lunatic, I think, you know, like to okay. enjoy it. Like, so yeah, I was, I fell into food and like, to be honest with you, when I first started cooking, I hated it. Right. Oh, Jesus. I hated it. It was horrible. Like, you know, like I came from a very, um, my background's fairly simple. You know, we, we, I come from a, an average family. We didn't have exposure to all the high end things that, you know, I cook now and stuff like that. Like it was, you know, like. For me, meat and three veg was the stable, and you know, you know, mushrooms came out of a tin when I was a kid. Yeah, okay. you know, it's that sort of that sort of lifestyle that I had when I was a kid. And so when uh, I started cooking, like cooking, it was the hours they taught, the nights, and not hanging out with my mates. I was jealous. I was angry because I couldn't go out with my friends and all that sort of stuff. And then it wasn't until I just finished working in London. And I was in a, a restaurant there and it was just all French and it was just French cuisine. And, you know, and it, I had probably the best years of my life in that kitchen. Like it was just, it was so aggressive. It was so full on. It was a real competitive sort of environment. And it was just like, yeah, I really, really like this. And that's when I sort of just started taking my job that little bit more serious. But yeah, I'm not the... I'm not that sort of guy that can turn around and say, yeah, my grandmother used to, we used to do this with my grandmother. Oh, yeah, some delicious food yeah. or whatever. But that isn't it interesting, like you say this idea of, I mean, it's all over the internet, this idea of, oh, discover your passion and you know straight away and you, you won a Michelin star yeah. and you started off doing this and you fucking hated it. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, for, the, for all of these guys, I mean, there's countless books out there. There's countless life coaches. Everybody out there saying, you know when you really <laughs> got it right. And you're going, ah. No, that's bullshit because, you know, my, my wife and I, you know, we, uh, our first daughter came along. I had to take a step back, you know, like I couldn't do the, the you know, everyone... The traditional story of a chef, or the, the 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 what's the word? The dreamlike stories that you know your grandmother used to teach you how to do all this shite, yeah. and uh, you know. And I picked I picked cabbages as a kid, and yeah. 
Yeah, I was throwing rocks at windows. I was throwing rocks at windows and getting chased by the cops. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I was just one of those little shits that just had nothing to do as a kid. You know, right. like I skateboarded all my all, all my teenage years and. Yeah, I couldn't care less about food, you know? Like, food for me was I was just eating, you know? Like, yeah. I just needed something to eat, like... Whilst you've talked about it, that it was a few months, it happened over nine months, still 23 years in the making. Yeah, so I had the train. Every, yeah. People, people look and go, wow, look, they're so lucky and whatever. Yeah, they yeah, just yeah. got this thing, but that's not the case. Nah. That's pure <laughs> graft through the years, so it's... Do you know what that is? That is doing for... And this is no word of a lie, doing... I went through I when I first started cooking there's there's a there's a, a there's a stepping order that you go through mm-hmm. well back then there was that you 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 first of all you do your apprenticeship then you become a commie chef then you become a demi demi chef to party then you become a chef to party then you become a senior chef to party junior sous sous executive sous then you get oh, into Christ, yeah. all right so so I did that mm-hmm. and I went through every single level Mm. Now, either for one year, two years, three years, I went through all these levels. And mm. I made sure I went through it. And I made sure that I got it on my resume that I had this position. I've done this position. I got this experience at that position. Today, they don't do that. They just like college, boom, I'm, I'm fucking the next Netflix star. Do you know what I mean? Like it's... yeah instant oh it's you got to train you know like uh, you know you've got to train it's it's not about whether or not you can cook okay like i said four billion people cook you know like it's about learning how to run financials Uh, it's about costings it's about hygiene it's about staff management people management it's about communication it's about uh, dedication you uh, these are all the side things that you learn by going through the ranks and mm-hmm. um, they uh, that doesn't happen so yeah when you win a star and it happens in seven months or whatever the case may be everyone's like oh my god overnight success and oh, bullshit man i just caned myself for for 15 years i'm not joking i did minimum minimum 100 hour weeks mm. and it's a no-brainer yeah, yeah. okay you, you cook good food good tasty food in a in a in in your restaurant they will come mm. i've never advertised i've never put a, a single ad in the paper and i never will because i'm a firm believer that people talk he talks and they'll talk to more people and it could yeah. be good or bad and so anyway yeah we ended up in the market and you come into the market and it's a diy market it's very bohemian it's just got it you know you can it's a place where young people or young, you know, young businesses come to start. It's a really good yeah. sort of, it's very, it's got a great nurturing sort of aspect to it. Um, you can make mistakes. It's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. Um, there's a good community spirit in here as well, which I really, really appreciate. I really, I love the market life because um, you just get every character in here. And yeah, just, there is that kind and of And there's vibe, a few yeah. touched in here as well, yeah. you know, like, and it's just like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm with my people here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, mean <laughs> I mean, just to, on a Saturday, this place will be full with it's the packed. market. Yeah, yeah, it's packed. Yeah, but do you, I mean, the people who own the stalls or the little places, there's a few, all right, <laughs> in here. I but that's what draws you into it. You yeah, know, like I it, like that kind of mental. Yeah. Whatever that vibe is, it's just. And so when I when I was designing Leah, I, and Heron and Grey was different because you could see into Heron and Grey and it was a cafe beforehand. And then James and Swazik turned it into, a, you know, like this lovely little sort of 
uh, alternative restaurant. And then I'd, I'd fallen in love with it at that stage. And so when we got Heron and Gray, like we turned it into, you know, it was two lads, no money. We did what we could. We painted the chairs and we painted everything. We built everything ourselves. And, you know, we made our own plates and all that sort of stuff. And it was all great fun. But I just knew that once, uh, when, when Andy said to me that he was finishing up, um, I said, I went back to my wife and I said, okay, we got two options here. We can either just, we can just sell it off and let, and, and just walk away. Or do we have a go by ourselves and really give it, give it the best that we could, you know? Mm. So, and she was like, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want, I want to, I want to, you know, I want a really sort of state-of-the-art room with an uh, awesome kitchen, but I want it to be, you know, cozy and humble, but I don't want it to be, you know, bloody hipster or any of that sort of stuff. But I yeah. just wanted the, the space almost has to be neutral. The, when, when the food hit the table, the food was the star, you know. Mm. Um, so I looked at this space and I said, okay, I can do this if I can get the money off the bank. And so it was like, I swear to God, it was down to the, down to the wire because like unfortunately the business they're Heron and Gray had closed so it was pretty much applying for some money with no real sort of credit credit terms behind yeah. me and that anyway the bank came through which was you know and then I, I and then that was it like I just said okay this is it I'm gonna go I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it exactly the way I want to do it you wouldn't expect coming down into this market no, that that's you might the whole have. element of surprise yeah. yeah that's what it is like I was always taught like I've had some good life coaches in business um, over the years. Like I've worked with some really talented businessmen in, in, in um, you know, Patrick Gibo and, um, um, and then I, I was working with a guy in Australia as well. Was He was very cute businessman, you know, mm. like he just, and, 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 and Ross and, and stuff like that. And, you know, you'd, you'd listen. You'd never say anything. You'd just listen to mm. what they were saying and how they talk and all that sort of stuff. And one of the key things I learned was is that you get the, the worst place in the best area is the a- angle of aspect and turn it into a gold mine. you know, like, and yeah. now, don't get me wrong, this wasn't the worst place, but this was the cheapest yeah. in a very good area. And it's a no-brainer. You see, I think the biggest thing that makes somebody uh, like you successful is a sort of an uneasiness, a sort of uh, that, say, the prove yourself thing. It's kind of, it's even when you got the star, it was kind of like, as opposed to, it would be impossible for you to rest on your laurels. Because even if you say you get, say somebody says, here's two, it'd be kind of, fuck, I have to prove to have I've got two. I need to show everybody I, I'm good enough to have got this too. And it, so in some ways that can be, I'm putting this to you as well, it can be debilitating, but it also can be the thing that makes you, makes you great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it is. And look, you, one, star, one, one star gives you a very big sense of responsibility. You've got a certain, there's a certain thing that you, you, you have to adhere to because that's what one star is. Um, it is a it is a recognition for being very good yeah. at what you do, and you must you must maintain it. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's yeah, no yeah. exceptional. You have to maintain it. Now, going two or three is even bigger responsibilities. But I think Michelin are very smart in the in, you know when they're doing uh, when they are allocating awards to kitchens is they don't give them they don't just hand them out like 
confetti, you know, like, mm. and some people say, oh, they, you know, they do it and they don't. Michelin are not stupid. Like, Jesus Christ, they've been going for what? Uh, about 113 years now. And, you know, you hear, you hear things of, oh, they don't inspect for years and they, you know, you hear that they, they're very, you know, biased and, oh, bullshit. I don't think there is many awards in any industry that I'd be aware of that hold people to such high account. And that's maybe, I mean, there's 3,000 odd in the world. I, that's small given the number of restaurants. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Like, that's the thing. So like, it is quite exceptional. <coughs> it is exceptional. And look at it. And it's no, it's no, it's you, 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 like, if you get a star or you get uh, acknowledged with a bib or, or, um, uh, even if you just make it into the guide, it is a great sense of achievement. Yeah. And it is an achievement. It's not, um, you know, you see chefs, I was reading an article there the other day about a chef that's bitching and moaning because he lost his third star. Like, you know, look, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Like, yeah. it's as simple as that. Like, yeah. but you, you have to hold, you have to hold your, 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 um, Hell, what, what am I looking for? You have to understand a few things, right? If you're awarded a star or any sort of award in in, in, in anything, there's a responsibility, mm. you know, that you've got to sort of adhere to. But the other side of the fence as well is that you can't, it can't ruin your 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 your, your drive. You can't you can't yeah. become obsessed, and you you can, and it's very easy to become obsessed with it. I did go through it, and I I managed to sort of check myself and get out of it. Yeah. Um. You've got to you've got to you've got to just be able to say, okay. We've been awarded a, a, an award. And what's great about Michelin is that you can lose it the next year. Yeah. It's not a given. You know, it's it, you. You earn it. Yeah. You, you earn it each year. You don't. You don't just get it, and that's it. You. You. I'm a one star chef, or a two star, yeah. or a three star. You know, like <laughs> presses on. So I rely heavily on the team to tell me, ah, shite chef. Do you know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah. And they got no problem. They're allowed. You know, they're, it's that. That's the rule. So how does that work now? Because that's an interesting one. In any dynamic, in any a. Uh, they need to have the balls every time to go. No, I'm just a person. Yeah, they they, they got no need to fear me. Do you know okay, what I mean? Like yeah, that's yeah. I'm just a, I'm just a human being, just like them. I'm not a you know I'm not this I'm not this emulated figure or anything like that. I'm their team. I'm their teammate. I'm their their co-worker. Yes, I own the bill. I own the restaurant. Yes, I write the menus. Yes, I have the final say. But a leader. A good leader is a leader who listens. Mm. It's as simple as that. And you've got to listen to your team. Would you uh, uh, wish for your daughter to work and own no, uh, a Michelin star restaurant? No. no. Jesus Christ. No. <laughs> but yet, to, to you say no, but then for her to have this um, obsession and to have this absolute I can't I can't tell them what to do when no. they get older so but if they came to and wanted to do it or they found this passion in a passion if they came it. to me and they said dad I want to be a chef well then I say well feck off to another restaurant because I'm not training you yeah. you know what I mean like and yeah. I'll send them off to someone else yeah okay. you know there's no way I'd teach them I wouldn't teach them myself um 
I'd rather them go out and experience it in a different way of seeing a different a different line of view. Yeah. Um, but like, I, it's like any parent really. Like, it depends on what sort of job you do. Like, some there's some jobs where you, you don't want your kids in 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 certain in, in industries. And like, for me, um, it's not that I, I don't want them to be in the industry. I just think. I'd like them to do to, to do something else because they they already in the industry. Mm. Do you, does that make sense? Yeah, they have. They don't see their dad for five days a week. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay. So they they know they they, they see their dad they, they see their dad obsessed at night on his days off writing recipes and 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 doing the book work and then they see him on yeah, on his phone checking social media uh, content and then they they they. All they see and hear is bloody food. Do you know what I mean? Like in mm. restaurants, 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 restaurants. So as far as I'm concerned, they're already they're already in the industry. Um, yeah, they okay. may not work physically in it, but they they endure it as well. Like uh, and and my wife is exactly the same. She 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 goes through all this and looks after our children and like she's a fucking hero because she's the one that does all the hard work. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I get up, I go to work, and like, and then I come home for two days or two and a half days, and I get to do as much as I can with my kids. But then you know, you know, you're wrecked on the Sunday, and yeah. you know. So, yeah, my kids are already in the industry. Yeah. You know, hospitality is that everybody eats out on the weekends. Mm. You know, that's just the way it is. Like, you, if you're going to be a chef or you're going to work in hospitality, you need to straight away accept that you work weekends, mm. you work nights. Because that's what the industry is. It is a nighttime trade. Yeah. I think the problem is, is that there's so much bullshit around food these days, uh, being a glorified and everything like that. But what we should just remember is just that you know, it's we 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 cook food in a way that you can't cook it, mm. right? For one reason only, so you can experience something different. Yeah, it's why I don't serve beef. Yeah, I you're going to cook it better than me. Yeah. Or you're gonna know George in the in the, in the butcher shop that's gonna cook it better than me. Mm. Or your ma cooks it better than me. And I don't do potatoes because your ma's gonna make the best mashed potatoes. Or you make the best mashed potato. <laughs> and it's just like, well, fuck yeah, you yeah. make them yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm not yeah. bothered with it. You know, like so I don't do them. Not out because I don't love them. I love beef. Mm. I love mashed potatoes. I love yeah. chips. Do you know what I mean? I love yeah. anything like that. But I'm not gonna give you that because. You need to eat. Mm. I want to give you things that you haven't tried, or you, you're scared to try, or you. You, you well, see, I think that's the thing as well. Like it takes you out of this known versus. Like if you put down a choice menu for me, more than likely, you go with I'll, things that are safe, safe, and the known, yeah. or something I've had the last time that was really good. It's not worth the risk. Yeah. And I, I, I am definitely one of those people. It'll always be. I look for, a vump <coughs> and I look for a vump, and that ninety nine point nine percent. We all do that. Yeah. I even do that. Yeah. I'll go to an Italian restaurant and I'll look for a penne arrabbiata. Okay. Because that's the dish that I just know you've got to be really shit to feck that up. Do you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go and that is my dish to go to. Okay. Or, um, you know, like it could be if there's beef on the menu. Do I feel like beef tonight? No. But, you know, you look, they're the key words. Beef, chicken, prawns, Steak, you know, yeah. like it's all that. Yeah. But that's why we don't give you a menu, um, a menu at the beginning. Mm. We don't let you see the menu. Yeah, I because love that. Because the idea behind that is 
If I said duck to you, subconsciously, you've just thought of four duck dishes that you've eaten in the past. Yeah. Two of them could be shit. Two of them could be amazing. Mm-hmm. You've already made a precon. You've already preconceived of what you're going to think about that yeah. dish. Whereas if I fire it into you in front of you and you start to smell, you don't have time to make comparisons. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna try it and you're gonna go. Yeah, that was okay or you're going to go oh whoa that was mental that was amazing yeah. mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like it binds us together it doesn't matter what walk of life we are we all eat mm-hmm. and we all enjoy sitting around together eating um, and that I suppose that in itself is the simplicity of you know food like food food brings us together yeah. and you're going to be having a shit day and you sit down and you eat, say, you eat um, a piece of sea bass that's just off the hook with a bit of butter, butter, beurre blanc on it. And, you know, and you just put into this state of fulfillment and you're just like, yeah, that was good. And then yeah. you have a nice glass of um, yeah, Chablis with it and you're like, oh, and you're just like, it's the simplest thing. But Jesus Christ, it, the way it it sends these euphoric sort of elements to your mind. Yeah, I'm sure it, there is the science of yeah. what parts are ignited in yeah, the brain, like and an, it's, it's just suddenly boom. You know? <laughs> yeah. And do you know, for me, for for me, the, I suppose I hate using the word passion. Yeah. Um, but I love it when I'm going to a table and I know that this dish. I just know that the dish is awesome because everyone says to me it's awesome. And you put it down in front of you and you're just like, you're about to give them, uh, you know, an introduction to the dish. And after time, I end up going, this is just fucking awesome. <laughs> just to eat it. I'll come back and I'll tell you when it's finished. <laughs> There's a dish that I did that was inspired and <laughs> where it's a kebab. It's like a kebab, right? And it's got the same flavors as a kebab. But it's that point of the night at two o'clock in the morning when you're walking home and mm. you've got that last bit of shitty kebab in the back <laughs> and you just know it's the best bit and you're just savoring it and savoring it and savoring it and then you smash it and then you go to bed and you've got a good night's sleep. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I even made him walk up with it a few times the last bit. <laughs> On your belly, man. Yeah, he just didn't eat the last bit. He fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've, I've explained this to the customers and they're looking at me going, and then when I come back, they're going, oh man you nailed it it's exactly what it is you know mm. like and then yet again we've been connected of this moment that we've all experienced or we've you know yeah. heard of people experiencing so, and so that's why we don't give you a menu it's not because we're egotistical or any of that sort of stuff it's because we don't want you to pre-think yeah, it's an experience but you see in a way you, when you said whatever you said there and you had said it earlier on as well about your memories and you you know you build up your palate through memory and whatever but so I grew up, I think I was saying this back when with MJP, um, but I mean, my mother burnt the carrots, right? And I, it was terrible. She, and I could smell the burnt carrots coming down the driveway. Now, there's a distinct smell to burnt carrots and you can't get rid of it when you put it on the plate. You might be able to take out the burn ones, but it does emanate. No, and once you, just, you burn something, it will go through anything that's even in the that pot. Is not to, and yeah. she would just get rid of ones that with black on Get rid them. of the black ones. I said, then how are you supposed to not hate vegetables and hate food in general yeah, because yeah, yeah. and then if say if she cooked she cooked a lamb yeah. cooked lamb once absolutely zero love gone in it and I'm going I hate lamb forever <laughs> and then, likewise with steak my dad was burnt 
burnt to a cinder. Everything yeah. is burnt to a cinder. Yeah. And he wanted the end bit. So I ended up wanting the end bit. <laughs> so that's just the way it is. Though. It is the way it is. I hated mushrooms. Yeah. Right up until I was 20. I was 20. 23, I think. I hated mushrooms because mm. my ma used to give me those horrible champignons out of a tin in a beef stroganoff, you mate. Mm. But the beef stroganoff was beautiful. But it was just those squeaky mushrooms and they when you ate them, you know. So all mushrooms were off the board for me. Yeah. I remember I was being in Scotland. I was in Scotland and I was working in a kitchen and the guy and the guy was um Oh, the guy was in the kitchen, uh, Big Davy, right? Okay. Now, this guy was younger than me, and he was six foot five, 200, whatever he was. He was a big bastard, man. And I connected with him because we just, we, we just got on really, really well. And anyway, he was making, we're doing this mushroom and brioche, real classic, you know, with uh, Madeira sauce and all that sort of stuff as a starter. <laughs> and um, he said to me, try the mushrooms. I said, fuck off, I hate mushrooms. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he, he looked at me, right? He says, what do you mean you hate mushrooms? I said, I hate mushrooms. I don't eat them. Do you know what I mean? Like, so he beat me. <laughs> he ripped the shirt off my jacket and then beat me around the kitchen for about an hour, right? Saying, you're going to eat those mushrooms because I'm going to change you. And I, said, and I was like, I'm not eating the mushrooms. And like, when I say beaten, like we're having a crack and like we're messing on that. But he could be giving me good hiding that day. And anyway, I said, right, look, fuck, I'm sick of you hitting me, right? Give me a mushroom and I'll try it. Mm-hmm. and I tried it and it was the biggest fucking revelation I had in my life because it was cooked properly yeah it was done in a way that it showed he showed the mushroom respect and he, he really he showed me how to cook it and how to add flavor to it and I was blown away I was like oh my god this is amazing I mean it to well, I mean it from the bottom of my heart I've I've worked for everything I own in life um, I've never been handed anything and so when I when you come into my restaurant, you sit down, you spend your hard-earned money, um, and you've enjoyed what we've done. I feel so privileged that I—it's I, a sense of privilege, uh, being uh, honoured that you 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 came into my restaurant and you gave us a chance to to entertain you for the night. And when you come back the second time, I just—I even feel more special because it means that you you like what we do. But you also gave us a chance to do it again next week. Mm. And that means so much. And it doesn't, not just for me, but from the guys in the kitchen, from, you know, the guys on the floor, as the, from the team, where we, we, we really, we, we really appreciate everybody that walks through our door. Because mm. even if they are an asshole, <laughs> like I've had one or two of them. Yeah. <laughs> really there good. you go. That's- Thank you. I thought it was something like marmite and a fucking vegetable. It is, Hi, if you like the conversation that I just had and you'd like more, 
please hit the subscribe button. Thank you. Frank. Frank, what a man.